Hey, how's it going, Andrew AC Yoshimura? Well, on here, Rob, and um, here on Game Life Balance Australia, and um, it's good to be here with with you, Rob Rebotted, and um, I sound a bit cockney for some reason tonight. And um, Have you got a cold or something? A or? <laughs> right, I got a cold, and um, uh, uh, but we're going to talk about worms, really like worms Armageddon, and um, should be real, real good, right. I'm going to get right quick and um, uh, talk about some video games. That's, that's pretty rough. <laughs> you kept it up for longer than I thought you would, which is like... We're, we're way better in my head. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you, you, but it's very accurate. You know, you, got, you, you hit the worms. You hit um, his, um, his deep baritone. His, his, um, I like to call it dulcet tones. Not to, not to be too cliched. Uh, but yeah, well done. Well done. Thank, thank you. I have described his voice as what did I said musty or smoky, but Uncle Stabo insisted that smoky only can refer to a woman's voice, which I don't know why that's a rule, but I, I don't know. I think it's I think that AC's voice is mellifluous, and uh, it reminds me of fairies dancing on mushrooms, growing in a grove under a tree, a uh, willow tree, um, with a sword. In a stone nearby. Well, you really took me away there into a, a fantasy land of make believe, and uh, I kind of want to go back. I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to be under that tree with Andrew's you live voice. In Australia, you're in a fantasy land of make believe, aren't you? <laughs> Pretty. Yeah. Look, if you know, but except replace replace the elves with really racist people. <laughs> Lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 11 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by... Actually, I'm not joined, as always, by Andrew A.C. Yoshimura, who's currently slowly suffocating under a pile of soiled nappies. Instead, I'm joined by a very special (laughs) guest, and I use the term special in the pejorative sense, uh, host of Game Life Balance US... And star of the Cody Goff show featuring Brian Noonan, Cody Goff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you today, Cody? What? How am I more? I think what you meant to say is, how are you yesterday, Cody? <laughs> oh. yes. Because it's my Friday and your Saturday, and we are finally, after seven months of doing sister show podcast or brother show or cousin, second, second cousin, bastard cousin show, you're my whatever, we're somewhat tangentially related shows uh we are finally traveling through time and i'm appearing on game life balance australia and i'm very very excited about it yeah well welcome welcome to um you know the 156th most popular gaming podcast at one point on itunes so um no that's not even true at all (laughs) i'm just i I was really impressed (laughs) I think I think there's some sort of server error, and uh, you know, but we're gonna we're gonna just hang on to that claim uh, until in, in, until our until our inevitable demise that just got dark. 
yeah, thanks for jo- thanks for joining me, Cody. Um, it has been um, a long time and definitely way overdue uh, having you on. And uh, I should explain the reason I chose you instead of your your fabulous co-host Jonathan Uncle Stabo Martin uh, was primarily because with Andrew away, I, I needed someone you know who was funny and irreverent and slightly irritating and so i thought what better person to choose what better person to choose than than the you know ac's american equivalent i hope you didn't take offense at that when i said slightly irritating no i i was surprised you didn't pick john i I feel like uncle stabo fits all of those categories but i you know i i'm happy the other thing is i know what i'm doing and he very likely I mean, he doesn't know what he's doing, so you'd, you'd probably try to podcast, and he'd sit there and be like, I do everything for him. So, that, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I expect as well, if, if, if I had him on, it would just, you know, just divulge into us talking for hours about our children, um, which happens to me whenever I speak to a parent. Uh, so uh, I'm glad that I'm speaking to someone who, at least for the time being, dot, 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 um, is, is not... Uh, a parental figure to my knowledge um, yes <laughs> for all we know for all we know you could have left a like a trail like a, a trail of destruction in your wake um <laughs> but uh yeah look let's not let's not dwell on that on on that disturbing thought too much i try but, not to yeah. i try try to block that out of my mind and block many ex-girlfriends phone numbers just on the safe side to be on the safe side that's probably a good idea do you feel do you feel weird pressure now that that all three of your, I guess, game life balance uh, partners, um, if I can use that term, um, are all parents, and you're and you're kind of the odd one out. Does that does that make you feel like pressure, or does it make you feel elated or slightly saddened? Or well, in terms of the podcast, now I'm able to provide the the unique point of view of the single guy. Right, the crazy single guy he goes to concerts and he parties and he does all the drugs and kills hookers or whatever people do that are single. I don't know. Uh, and then, uh, uh, so, but in terms of life, I don't know. I mean, my my, my girlfriend's my age. We're early thirties, and you know, probably in the next few years we'll look at at that. But I I don't feel I don't feel pressure. To make a major life decision just because other podcasters that I happen to <laughs> commiserate with sometimes uh, also have had children. Plus, yeah, you that's, all that's get to make the mistakes, and then I get to learn from your mistakes, and you know, and I get a little head start. Absolutely, look, I think that's a good answer actually, because having a you know bringing life into the world should not be based on like vague peer pressure and a general sense of wanting to belong. Um, so yes, I think that's, that's probably a good thing. And, and in some ways you're right. We probably want you to stay single because that way, you know, there's someone that the, uh, you know, freewheeling single people of the world can, can relate to. Um, and someone who stays up later than like 9 PM (laughs) stuff, you know, I'll be that weird kid at the lunch table who will eat anything. 
you know, and you just you just give him the chocolate milk and you just dump it on his tray and you'd be like, oh, I found this thing on the floor. Put it in there. Will you eat it? And he's just the weird kid and goes, I'm the weird kid at the lunch table. where You just feed me weird ideas and weird movies like, oh, Cody, a seven hour anime just came out. You should go uh, do a bunch of mushrooms and watch it. OK, guys, I don't have a family. And then, you know. If someone finds me in a forest three weeks later, and I have to explain to the listener why we just missed a month of episodes. That's how I envision my life now that I'm the only one. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like you have to step it up a bit and 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 be extra, extra, like just take more advantage, I guess, of of, of your freedom and uh, and things like that. Although I was going to ask, maybe, maybe before we get too much further, there are some people, believe it or not, and and let me be clear, I hate their guts. But there are some people who listen to this podcast, but don't listen to yours. Um, mm. So they prop- they may not actually know who you are or what you do. So perhaps a good thing to do um, before we get too much further is uh, maybe, Cody, you could explain a little bit about yourself and what you do and and that sort of that sort of thing. So can you explain succinctly your entire life story and the reason why you exist for me, please? Thanks. Well, I was born in a small hospital in Rockford, Illinois in 1985. From there, I grew into diapers at age two. And I'm not going to do that. Uh, (laughs) Succinctly, I remember you saying that. No, I'm I'm an American. I live in Chicago. And I studied radio in production in college. And since then, moved to Chicago and and started working at at a radio station part-time. And did lots of various other jobs. And now I, I work full-time for a global management consulting firm managing their social media channels. So I'm a social media expert. That's why I tweet so much. So I know everything about Facebook, marketing, Twitter, Google+, all that. And uh, we actually have an office in Melbourne and in Sydney, I believe. So AT Carney is the name of the, the firm. So uh, I manage their 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 global social stuff. And then part-time I do radio and, and my my friend John friend for lack of a better term uh, i've known john since oh jonathan uncle stabo my co-host since second grade so we've known each other 25 odd years or whatever but like you and ac really um so we're yep. also lifelong uh friends cohorts and one day john just said i really want to have always wanted to do a video game podcast this was five years ago when podcasting was relatively new. So I said, all right. And we, we do it online together because he lives a few hours north of me. And we've done it for, yeah, four and a half years. Um, and then, of course, at the end of 2015, we really wanted to use the name Game Life Balance. And you, you can go back to the first episode of either Game Life US, Balance US or Australia to hear us talk about it. But basically, I the only name we could agree on was Game Life Balance. I messaged AC and I was like, can we take your name? Because it sounds like you guys are not podcasting anymore. And he said, well, Rob had a baby, but I think we're going to podcast again later. So how about you be Game Life Balance US? It will be Game Life Balance Australia. And now we are like best friends on Twitter and we all want to hang out all the time. And it's very fun. Um, so it's very cool. So uh, yeah, I've got a little radio background. I'm a podcaster. I'm, I'm a gamer, obviously. And um, and I think I, I legitimately do listen to Game Life Balance Australia every new episode. I'm halfway through the stream of nonsense. You were just explaining something about a, a, some kind of lemony drink. And I, I didn't finish the description, <laughs> but I was learning about that. <laughs> Sounded quite delicious. I'm drinking Mountain Dew, so I'm sure it's very similar. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, it's but, like it's like Mountain Dew, but like with medicine in it a bit. Um, hmm. Not good, not good medicine, not medicine that actually helps. But <laughs> oh, you know. like out al- like for net, like alcohol medicine. No, no, sort of like like the lowest tier of pain relief that you can get. You know, that kind of like turns a bad headache into like a middling headache. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, yes, Lemsip. I'm talking about Lemsip for people who, like, I actually heard people should, I heard something that, that podcasters should, uh, you know, treat uh, every podcast as though someone is listening to it for the first time. So uh, for that for that person or persons, um, Lemsip is what is what uh, we're discussing. It's a, a medicated drink for people who um, are suffering from a cold. It claims to relieve cold symptoms, but it's actually just sugar- and paracetamol. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yes, a bit of um, interesting marketing there for that product. But uh, yeah, look, thank you for that, and thank you for um, answering a really stupid question in a really good way. Like, I appreciate that, and I'm sorry that I, I kind of kind of put you on the spot there a bit. But uh, excellent. Now people know everything about you, and um, pretty much my I social think- security number was in there in code backwards. If they go back and listen back to it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'll I'll be sure to to steal your identity after this show and mm-hmm. before anyone else can. So well, I'm a Nigerian I'll, I'll... princess. That's why I messaged you guys in the first place. That's right. You know, I have to say, so some of the weird insults that we've created for you and and John um, confuse me too. So if you're confused, this all comes from the warped mind of my of my co-host, and um, I don't know why he decided Nigerian princess. Rather than Prince, which is the typical gag, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why he decided Uncle Stabo, but I will admit that when he said it, I laughed, and then I think that confirmed that we should continue calling him that. Can I ask you as well? While, while we're on the topic, does does John exhibit any sign at all of annoyance or irritation at us calling him Uncle Stabo? He uh, does not actually exhibit emotion ever. So. He's he's just no we 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 get we actually get this so you know we're part of the Gunna Geek Network which you guys need to apply for because you'd be a great addition and it's a it's a podcast it's a network of geeky podcasts and uh, the network owner Stephen lives in in Vancouver he's a Canadian and apparently Canadians are very very polite and nice and well mannered so on Google Hangouts or on Facebook we talk a lot and I like to use caps lock and I like to act angry at everything. And he'll, every couple conversations, he'll sidebar conversation, he'll private message me, and he'll say, oh, I really hope I didn't offend you with this thing. And every time, I'm like, Stephen, I am literally immune to being offended. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen. I, I really don't care what you're saying. I am not going to be upset by it whatsoever. So just <laughs> shut up and keep making fun of me because it's hilarious. I, I, if anything, I encourage it. And John's the same way. He, he, I mean... You, you and Andrew, like, I, I, God, I, I really, I mean, the whole, the story of our shows is awesome. I, I think mm. I tell people all the time. I don't know if you do in Australia. Yes. The story, the origin story, if you like the game life balance colon origins is, uh, is an interesting one and, and worth, worth bringing up from time to time. But, uh, look, instead of, I, I don't, I'd love to talk to you more about all this stuff, but we do have a format that I'm, I'm hoping we can kind of stick to this, this week, but yeah, yeah, we'll see yeah, yeah we for, sure, for sure. Um, and every episode of Game Life Balance Australia, we have a featured game that we try our best to talk about, uh, and, and pretend, and pretend that we are knowledgeable about gaming and that, and that people ought to listen to our bad ideas and bad opinions about, about games, even though we have no qualifications whatsoever. 
Uh, and today we're going to talk about a little game called Rogue Legacy. Right, Rogue Legacy. Uh, this is a, an indie game, one of those independent games, Cody. I don't know if, you, if you've heard of, of the independent games that people make. Oh, uh, like Call of Duty or Halo. Yes. Yes, exactly like Halo. Yes, small teams coming together to make um, amazing products like, mm-hmm. like Halo or, uh, God, I don't know. Mario. Yes. Yes, the most indie of games. Um, and yeah, this is, this is a game that was, it's, it's particularly indie. I would say if, if it was possible to rate something on its indiness, this would be really up there because it's made by uh, just two people. And I think the only way you can be more indie than that is if it's just one person making the game. So uh, this is a game released in 2013, uh, developed by two brothers uh, whose names are Teddy Lee and Benny Lee. And I think those are both great names. I don't know if you agree with... Kenny and Teddy. (laughs) Kenny and Teddy Lee. Uh, I kind of think that maybe they're... The inspiration for those names came from, like, the Double Dragon games. I was literally thinking that. I literally yes. just was almost going to say Bimmy and Jimmy. It's Bimmy <laughs> and Jimmy. Oh, my God. Get out oh, of my man. head. <laughs> uh, Bimmy Lee. He lives, he lives on in our hearts, if not, if not in game form. <laughs> uh, so, yes, it was built by two people um, who were brothers. And it was actually uh, made on, like, like, a shoestring budget. Uh, $15,000 is apparently all it cost for these two guys to make a fairly impressive game, actually. When you think about, especially when you think about the fact that, that it only cost them fifteen grand. But I want to say they probably, like, you know, did it on the cheap by basically not hiring anyone to do anything. And they just did it all themselves and they didn't pay themselves wages or anything. So um, the fifteen grand probably came down to just the costs of having it published, probably. I guess, and marketed and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of an amazing achievement. Uh, and probably also a problem because people think that indie games are cheap to make and this story only sort of adds fuel to that to that fire. Uh, it's... How would you describe this game, Cody? What, how, would you, how would you describe this to someone who's never, who's never played this game before? I mean, it's a roguelike platformer. And so to break that down, it's roguelike, meaning that basically new game there's a randomly generated castle that you enter and it's different every time so the rooms are in different orders and uh, everything is structured differently and the enemies are in different places so that's what roguelike means if you're not familiar and then the platformer is you know just like a Mega Man or a Mario it's just a side scroller it's it's very it's very castlevania like but but one of the original Castlevanias, not one of not like a Metroidvania, like Castlevania Symphony of the Night, or later, where you've got a structure where you get an item and then you use that to unlock certain areas. It's not like that. It's more like the original Castlevanias in that you're progressing through a castle. You can kind of go anywhere at any time. It's just that if you go into certain rooms, the monsters will be much more powerful. So it's it's to your advantage to kind of kill as many monsters as possible. And uh, mm. and the thing is, what's really cool. So most roguelikes are like the Binding of Isaac. Have you played that at all? I haven't, and I feel like I feel like it's one of those things that I ought to play because it's so it's it's kind of a significant game of recent years. But I haven't actually got around to it. Uh, but uh, I, I'm familiar just from osmosis of sort of what what that game's all about. Okay. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. 
games like Binding of Isaac, most roguelikes are you start a new game, you play it until you die, basically, and you may unlock an achievement or something, but most stuff doesn't really carry over. What's amazing about Rogue Legacy, and this is the only game in the genre that I know that does this, is that it bakes in the roguelike structure into the story. So the story is whenever you die... It you're you're part of a long lineage of people, so you're you know Lady Helen or Sir Henry or whatever it is, and then when you die, a family portrait appears, and you choose which family portrait, which character you want to be for the next generation. So legacy being that it's generations of of characters later. So um, so yeah it's kind of baked in when you die you're you're now playing as that character's descendant and when that character dies you play as that character's descendant so every time you're you're further and further down the line so you played centuries of characters and i, I think that's cool yeah absolutely i think that, like it's it's something that's that mechanic is present in other games but i don't think it's present in like other platformer games definitely not um so it so it is it is unique to that to that extent and i think the cool thing is that it has that inherit the he- inherited traits thing as well which is which is kind of cool so you know each character apart i think the first character you play as is just a standard you know character he has not nothing particularly special you have a sword and and a shield and and so forth you can jump you know it's a platform right. game um but then pretty much immediately after that character inevitably dies uh you start to get characters with quirky traits so you know you might have a descendant who is colorblind and the game represents that by making the the palette on the screen black and white or uh, a character might um you know be like really strong and so when he hits enemies they like bounce back and some of these traits are uh like positive uh, and generally sort of help you some are entirely negative and, and and make the game harder and and some are a bit of both and you can also get characters with like two or three traits so you can get a character who's strong in some ways and weak in others. Uh, you can get characters that are pretty much just doomed. You know, like there's there's no way this guy's going to make it through through the castle. But uh, that can have some comedy value as as well, I guess. And uh, yeah, so it's it's that legacy aspect, like you said, that, that makes that makes the game that makes the game different. And those roguelike elements, the permadeath, the uh, procedurally generated um, dungeon, do make the game. It gives it a lot of replayability. Uh, how would you find? How would you find like the the actual like platforming? Because I, I I found the game like quite fun to control um, and very easy to pick up. Like some platformers just feel off, you know, when you're when you're uh, you've got the controller in your hand. And uh, this one, it felt good. It still it still feels quite. I played it the other day, and it feels quite good. The um, the jumping and and the attacking and so forth. Did you agree with that, or did you find did you find it to be? Yeah, I think it's pretty tight in terms of controls. Um, I yeah, it, your character's bigger than a lot of other platformers compared to the, yeah. on the screen. I'm used to stuff like even like Risk of Rain, where your character is a tiny dot. Uh, but even things like Mega Man and Mario, the, the character is smaller, so it it's it, it's a different feel, but. But I like it, and you you pick up sub weapons in in the castle sometimes, like an axe or a dagger, very Castlevania like, very inspired. Um, the characters that you play really affect your castle experience, which is cool. So mm. you get, uh, for example, you can have a Munchkin character. Is it called a Munchkin? I think. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, they've probably got some like 
sort of slightly inappropriate word for it, but yes. I feel like, yeah, I don't know if that's PC yeah. or not, but there is, or a dwarf, it's a dwarf, it's a, I think, or dwarfism. Yeah, this, this, this trait is dwarfism. dwarfism. Yeah, because you you, you know your characters mm. get a trait. So if you if you choose the one with dwarfism, then your character is half size. Which there are a bunch of rooms in the castle, procedurally generated, that have holes or or passageways that only that small character can fit into. But you never know if your castle mm. will have those passages. So you know if. If you play, I usually play as a normal size character, but then I always run into all these rooms with all these tiny little entranceways and I get mad because I'm like, ah, there's treasure. I can't get to the treasure. So, but then if you play, every time I play as a small guy, inevitably I run into zero of those passageways. (laughs) It always makes me think that they, they like, you know, bake that into the to the randomly generated sort of aspect of the game where like, they're just doing it to drive you crazy. Yes. So every time you pick a dwarf, they're just like, all right, there's going to be none of those passages. Let's let's just, uh, you know, mess with this guy. I often feel like games are messing with me and I don't know whether that's just my my general paranoia that I have in my life or... Um, it's it's or, being or Australian. They, they specifically program it just to mess with you. Yes. Yes, that makes that makes perfect sense. Everyone, everyone craps on Australia, <laughs> especially the New Zealanders. Damn them! Damn them and their and their successful comedy band duos that they. I was going to say, I just saw Flight of the Concords yeah. in Millennium Park last yep. month. Oh, yeah! I, I love those guys, but uh, yeah, it's, have you seen? Oh, this is this is really now we're just talking. But have you seen the episode of the show where uh, one of them has an Australian girlfriend? No, uh, that's very very funny. All right, I will check that one out. It's very it's yeah. Look, check check that one out. I won't I won't bore the listeners with with. Uh, delving into that but uh, that's one of my faves of all time so um yeah uh so look i full disclosure i picked this game because i have been snooping on your your steam profile ever since we became steam buddies um which we did before, and before, AC. before we beca- yes yes he was uh, johnny come lately uh yeah late always late to the party this guy mm-hmm. but uh yeah i i was snooping on your on your steam profile and i saw that you'd put some hours into this game and um it's funny, like, there's actually not that many... Yeah, you own a lot of games that I've played, but you haven't played them. So <laughs> there's only, like, two or three that I was like, this is probably on the list of ones we can talk about. And Rogue Legacy was was one of them. And I also snooped your achievements and saw that you've beaten the game. Is that right? Yeah, I have, but it has a new game plus. So, uh. so if you'll notice, so when you... The other cool thing is that there are... You gain persistent bonuses or persistent uh um character perks basically by playing the game and what that means in a roguelike is is that you collect a bunch of money in the castle and once your character dies and you respawn you can choose any of a number of traits to purchase that makes the next generation of characters stronger and the the tree the kind of skill tree of all these traits that your character can get is very extensive so Mm. So you can power up your, for example, you can get armor up, so your armor increases, so you take less damage, and you can upgrade that up to 75 times, and to even do that, you would have to just run through the the whole castle probably a few hundred times just spending money on that, and there's probably 30 or 40 traits you can upgrade, plus equipment you can get that'll allow you to do things like double jump or suck enemies energy to give you more max hp or uh give you better magic bonuses things like that so um so the new game plus is cool because i I was near the end of the game and i looked at the skill tree and i'm like 
I, this is way less than half complete. There's there's no way I'm that close. So I beat the game. New game plus happens. All of the monsters are immediately leveled up, much stronger, uh. and you've got a whole lot of skill tree you can still complete. So it's cool because it's the game that keeps on giving. You can play it forever. Mm. And I think you know, like there's probably there's probably some stuff that you would start to see again and again. Did you, did you find yourself sort of, you know, coming across similar rooms time and again? They're never exactly the same, but there are some yeah. sort of trap layouts and stuff that you're like, oh, I've seen this before kind of thing. But oh, yeah. um, So I, I, th- I think that's probably a limit to its replayability, but I never really got there, you know. I'm still keen to keep playing it, uh, even, even today. I never beat it, I should say, uh... Mm-hmm. I was going to. It was one of those games that I was playing when my when my old PC died. The um, people who know me and have listened to the show for a while will will be familiar with the tragic story of my previous gaming PC and its untimely demise at the hands of a hard drive failure. Um, mm. And uh, yes, I didn't get to beat that game, so I installed it this week uh, with the intent of you know kind of reminding myself of of how it is, so I could talk about it with some modicum of of authority, and found that. It doesn't store saved games in the Steam cloud. And what that means is that uh, my saved games were lost forever and I had to start playing the game from the start, which did kind of, you know, put the brakes on my enthusiasm to to get back into that game. Because starting from the start again after you've played, um, I want to say, I might just check my Steam profile right now, but I want to say I put like 30 or 40 hours into that, into that game, you know. Um, mm. So that was... That was a pretty brutal uh, 20 hours. I played 20 hours. Okay, I overstated it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal to lose 20 hours of progress and have to start from the start again. And look, I'm probably just spoiled because I'm used to uh, games being stored in the cloud. Uh, it's not something that you ever expected five years ago. But um, yeah, that's a problem. So I guess basically if you're playing this game uh, and your PC is a bit aging, beat the game. Just put everything aside and beat it because you don't want to... You don't want to be in my situation. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, losing progress is never fun. That's a thing that Uncle Stabo did too, by the way, with Pokemon oh, right. being all uh, being spoiled by by modern gaming. Right, like every game has auto saves. Mm. Pokemon does not have auto saves. <laughs> so <laughs> when he got Pokemon X or Y, whichever one, he he played for literally four or five hours one day, and then his D, his 3DS died or. Oh something happened and he just hadn't saved it and he was he was furious so he just didn't pick it back up because uh, that is really difficult i i, I hate when you lose it and you, you if you got to start over it's it's not fun but but like what i always thought was cool is i mean you you're always making forward progress in the game and it's such hmm. short snippets that you can play is must be really nice for a new parent such as yourself to where it's the kind of game you can pick up and play for 15 or 20 minutes and then put it down. You know, you, you pick it up, you're right there in the castle, and then, yeah. it, you know, and if you just, if you have to go or it's going, the run is going really well, it's too long, you just let your character die, and then you've got all this money for the next time you play. So, um, yes, it's it's not punishing. It's not a punishing game, and it kind of, it's a game that, that you know, even failure is, is some kind of success, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah, even on your worst runs, you'll you'll get some money because you know there's that furniture in the first room that you can bust up and get a couple of gold. So yeah, you you will inevitably get you will inevitably beat this game if you if you sit down and just and just put the hours in. 
it's just a matter of time really um because at some point you'll just be over leveled for the bosses and you'll just you know beat them so uh yeah yeah it's a game it's but it does it is a skillful game it's not just it's not just a uh, a game where you you know grind it out it's not like a war of attrition there is mm-hmm. there is some tight platforming it does reward good play and i found that actually initially at least i found it quite quite difficult like not not very difficult but you know when you start getting to that point you know cody where you're where you're like able to beat the first boss you know and you're like i can do this now and you you get you get you know a little bit of confidence um some of the worlds you go to uh will kill you very quickly you know some of the other you know worlds in 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 the game Uh, because it starts with the castle but then as you go to different areas there's there's sort of like a forest sort of themed area and there's like mm-hmm. a hell hell kind of themed area as well uh so yeah the art does change a lot as well i suppose which is nice and the enemies are quite different in each area as well so a lot of variety within that you know people think procedurally generated games are uh, you know like overly repetitive but this game does have a, a lot of variety a lot of replay values yeah uh why don't what? we Oh, go ahead. I was just a quick question. What strategy do you use? What do you mostly focus uh, on leveling up? Okay, so my general approach with um, games that have leveling systems... Well, there's there's always two ways, isn't there, right? Like, basically, there's two ways. You can either, like, go, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to level up my damage. I'm going to... I want to deal more damage. Or I want to be able to absorb more damage. Like, do I want my health to go up or my attack? That's generally how most of these games that have a, a leveling up system work. Um, I tend to go for damage. I tend to put my points into like I want to kill things quick. Um, so yeah, God, we are too weirdly similar. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I want to say that yeah. like that's rare. Most people go, oh, give me more health, you know. Um, but I like to just I just like to hit stuff and what and have it die real quick and just be like, yeah, you know, take that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, once you once I got to the point where you can kill certain enemies in two hits, offense is the best defense, mm. or a good offense is the best defense. Yeah, because oh, you know, because with platformer games, it's all about how many hits things take. It's like it reminds you of like Mega Man or something, right? Like you you you, you know how many shots you have to give a particular enemy type to kill it, and you count them off in your head. You're like, okay, I've hit it twice. I need to hit it one more time, then it's dead. If you can like level up your attack, and then it only takes two hits to kill something, that's like a significant. Um, change in the gameplay um so yeah with this game particularly i would tend to put points into damage and i think that's probably why i had trouble with it because i wasn't i wasn't buffing my character enough in the, in the health in the health uh, way mm. oh uh, another question for you while we're on the topic uh did you ever like wizards in this game i i uh, don't really use wizards much um wizards ever. yeah there's like a magic user class that has like high magic you know high like mp and like fairly low hp and they basically rely on using the weapons you pick up like knives or whatever it is like those secondary attacks um oh yeah 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 they call them wizards but they're not really wizards (laughs) they're just a guy with a bunch of knives you know (laughs) (laughs) that's true Uh, honestly i kind of uh i think it's because i i do exactly what you do and i've just been leveling up attack i almost always play as the tank class because it'll, the description is can take a ton of damage but cannot score critical hits, which, okay, I don't care. Um, but I always I choose that one or the vampire one. I do like yeah. the vampire one, which yeah. anytime you kill an enemy, it raises your max hit points. Yes. So you start out with very low max hit points, but if you can kill enough people, you become really strong, and I, I like that one. 
But yeah, I, and I can't control the dragon very well. There's a flying class. There's a dragon, and oh my god, and I couldn't really. Yeah, spoilers. You, you might have. To, you, <laughs> so, sorry, oh, you do no. have to unlock that one. It's it's one of the unlockable skills in the tower. Cool. But I never. It, it's hard to control, so I never really, mm. uh, never really got into that. But but yeah, and the other thing I was gonna mention really quickly too. I originally played this game, God, two years ago. It came out 2011, didn't it, I think? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. Uh, according no, to 2013. According to my extensive notes, wink, wink, uh, 2013. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um. so a few years ago. I first reviewed it, I think, 2014. Um, Uncle Stabo and I used to host a video game podcast called Unqualified Gamers. All our old episodes are on our website um, at gamelifebalance.us. But... Uh, we originally reviewed it. It was in both of our top five games of the year. We really, really liked the game. Um, and I didn't really play it for, for over a year. And when you mentioned it, I, I took it out and started playing it. There are some new room types oh. from when I first played it. So I think they patched it and added a few extra room types cool. or a little bit of different content. And I feel like there's a little bit of slightly modified content. So I, I think that they've they've continued a little bit of development to keep it a little fresh which is really cool yeah that's great so yeah maybe if you get sick of it and, and you don't want to you're discouraged now you can come back in a year or two and uh <laughs> and it'll be a brand new game yeah maybe i just need time to get over the shock of not having my saved and then i'll just you know once the the pain has subsided um you know get back into it so mm. all right look the question i always ask ac or he always asks me and I, can, I kind of anticipate your answer to this, given that it was one of your top five games. But would you recommend this game to people who haven't played it? Yeah, it, especially, again, people that are strapped for time. Because it, it's the perfect game to just pick up, play a couple runs, and you're good. This, this is a game I feel like might get stale if you try to sit around for three or four hours straight and play it. But if you're looking for just a, a side project, or if you're looking to cheat on your main game... Like, uh, I'm in a committed relationship with Final Fantasy 14 right now, but if I want to, if I want to have my lady on the side, I'll bust out some rogue legacy on my desktop and do a couple quick runs. Um, so, so yes, I recommend it for people who, uh, glorify infidelity. Wait, that didn't come out right. (laughs) I imagine that's a fair chunk of our, of our audience, the deviants (laughs) that they are. So yeah, look, and I would probably just echo all those same points it's definitely one of my uh, favorite games of recent years it's um the perfect mix you know it plays well it's it's a tight platformer it's got some really interesting things that mix up um the platformer sort of genre but without without weighing it down too much it's still a very at its heart it's still a very um pure platforming experience and and the rpg elements don't really intrude they just they just improve they just improve it so Yes, I would very much recommend it as well. I can't imagine... There, there are probably some gamers out there that aren't into this kind of thing. Like, you know, people that just want to, you know, play murder simulators and stuff and just watch people's heads explode. And, like, I'm into that too, don't get me wrong. But um, it does have a kind of a, a throwbacky, retro-y kind of feel, cartoony graphics and stuff. So if if that doesn't appeal, then that might not be for you. But, yeah, I think this has got a very broad appeal, so it should be something that most people should... Definitely check out if they haven't already. All right, totally well, agree. thanks for that. One quick yeah. caveat, too, by the way, speaking oh, of platformers. Yeah. <laughs> a few weeks ago, you and AC reviewed Shovel Knight. 
And oh yeah, that was yeah. my actual game of the year for 2014. Oh, and yeah. you I both didn't like it very much. I know yeah. you both kind of gave it a grain of salt, thumbs up, like a eh, it's all right. But, I haven't. I, full disclosure: I haven't played it. I was just listening to what he was saying and kind of just you know giving oh. him the benefit of the doubt. So okay, yeah. well, I wanted to give your audience my point of view is that it was amazing, but again, but it was interest. It was so interesting hearing you guys review it because AC is such a retro gamer, and that's totally his thing. And and mm. and I have the nostalgia factor to where I heard him complaining about the controls. I played it with an Xbox 360 D-pad, and the Xbox 360 mm. controller's D-pad is garbage, and I still thought the controls were extremely tight. So that was mm. so interesting for me to hear him complain about the controls um, yeah. as, as a hardcore retro gamer kind of guy. But, but to me, I'd put it in the same category as Shovel Knight in terms of really mm. tight, really great platformers. So I guess it just depends on where you're coming from. <laughs> Look, AC's one of those guys where, like, Every time I think he'll like a game, every time I'm like, this is something he'd like, I show it to him, he doesn't like it. So, like, it's so hard to pick. He's such, he's so hard to pick, this guy. Um, yeah, very, very hard to read. All right, look, well, thanks for that. Why don't we um, take a little break and then we'll move on to our Game Life Balance segment. How's that sound? You mean Game Life Chat? Game Life game, Talk? <laughs> game Life Talk? I- Damn you. Um, yes, the the segment that we still haven't settled a name for yet, and we're like, I don't know, 35 or something episodes into like our, our podcast. But um, yes, we'll talk about games and life in an unnamed segment coming right up. All right, Cody. Cody Goff. Cody Goff of Game Life Balance US. Uh, what have you been playing recently? Uh, actually, I know what you've been playing recently, but uh, and you've mentioned it earlier. But why not just act like you didn't say that? And uh, and I'll act with false surprise as you tell me which which game you've been playing recently. Well, I know this will shock you completely, but I've actually <laughs> I've been playing Final <laughs> Fantasy holding on to fourteen. My hat. Yeah, I bet, I bet. And Final uh, Fantasy fourteen, you say? Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> so much fun. Although, although I. You know what came out on on phones? You know the app that came out on phones this week. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, Flappy, Plappy, Boppy Bird, the the latest clone of Flappy. No, it was it was Pokemon Go. Is that right? Yes. Have you played it? No, I haven't. I haven't played it. I haven't played Pokemon Go. I know. I know. I should be banned from the internet, dude. I haven't. I play a hot girl in it. I'm going to pull her up for the YouTubers. <laughs> Look at that. She is so sexy. I oh, made a woman more? Pokemon trainer because they, I don't, when I play games and I get to pick if it's a girl or a guy, I don't want to look at some dude. I want to look at a hot chick. <laughs> I play a woman in Final Fantasy fourteen. She is a Mikote, I think, which is a some kind of cat race. And okay. uh, she's she's pretty hot. Um, so, I don't know, man. I so I played Pokemon Go for like three seconds, and you uh-huh. you walk around and you just like it's augmented reality, right? So your camera's on. Mm. You look in your phone. It looks like oh, there's the sidewalk. Oh, there's a Caterpie, and you just flick up on the screen and you throw a Pokeball at it and it catches it and then you have a Pokemon. And I don't know what you do with it, but it's a thing. <laughs> and uh, man, I was on Twitter all week because I was at this podcast conference, and I feel like everyone is talking about Pokemon Go. Yeah. 
Yeah, as usual, I'm I'm way behind and not a part of the latest <laughs> the latest craze. Um, yeah, I should. I mean, it's like it's free, right? Like, free, there's no yeah. barrier to entry other than you know whether you like Pokemon or not. And if you don't like Pokemon, there's probably something slightly wrong with you, right? Uh, yeah, who, you... who doesn't like Pokemon? I, I, what is your Pokemon history? What's your relationship with Pokemon? Uh, I played uh red i played red back in the day um on a game boy um I, I borrowed it i didn't i didn't own a game boy at that point i borrowed someone's game boy and played a bunch of red uh then i kind of missed a few um but i picked it back up at like the ds um i think i had like diamond or something is that okay. is that a pokemon yeah is that a pokemon game it's yeah, yeah probably yeah they've had <laughs> there's been so many but i remember playing it on ds for a while um I've never actually beaten any uh, Pokemon games, nor have I ever caught them all. So uh, I guess I guess I'm a filthy casual when it comes to Pokemon. Oh, filthy casual! Uh, oh no! Yeah, because yeah. I, I know, I, right? Yeah, my history was I'm just a scrub. My, my my history was just red, blue, yellow. That gener the first generation, and then I played yeah. Pokemon Y, which was one of the newer ones, and and that was kind of it. But uh, but also I was obsessed. With Twitch play as Pokemon? Oh, you watched that? Yeah, I only heard about it tangentially, yeah. yeah. Well, see, I just got... So there was, Reddit was where a lot of the community was. And if, if you're not familiar with Twitch play as Pokemon, somebody designed a, a chat bot so you could type in up, down, left, right, A, or B. And whatever you typed in the chat would control the character on the screen in Pokemon Red, I believe it was. And... Mm-hmm. Literally, over 100,000 people would get in the chat at the same time entering commands. So it was virtually impossible to actually direct Ash to where he was supposed to go. Because it's the internet, so a lot of people are jerks, and a lot of people specifically try to make him go the wrong direction. And uh, it was fascinating. <laughs> because of the weird things that happened. Like, they, they leveled up a Pidgey, so it was a super, super high level, and they, they started calling him Bird Jesus. And uh, and all this stuff happened, and people would make fan art. I mean, if you, if you Google Twitch Plays Pokemon on Google Images, hundreds of, of fan arts and all these things. And I ended up getting a Twitch Plays Pokemon poster, and it's I actually got a really nice frame for it, and it's framed, and it's on uh, my wall in my living room, and it looks like a stained glass window <laughs> with Bird Jesus in the middle and uh, <laughs> and abby the charmander on the side and uh and uh they named a uh they named a venomoth i think they named it atvvvvvv so everybody calls him atv uh, and because it's all just they're all yeah it's totally random they managed to catch zapdos with a master ball somehow they managed to navigate to the cave where there was a legendary pokemon and actually use the master ball on it which just was wow. So it was, it was this whole thing, this whole subculture thing, and I was obsessed with it. Um, but anyway, that was a lot about me and Pokemon. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's Pokemon's a video game. This is this is like half a video game podcast, so that's totally fine. You know, like I think, and obviously, obviously, you're very um, fond of of these games. I've always felt a bit like a Pokemon outsider. You know, like my level of Pokemon knowledge is better than someone who's who's like never played pokemon but it's 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 very middling you know like when someone names a pokemon it's like 50 50 whether i'll know which one they're talking about you know sure 
Um, you can't wrap yeah. the original 150 Pokemon. Oh no, no, no! I couldn't. I couldn't wrap them. I could. I. I can't wrap much, really. Believe it or not. Uh, but yeah, like I think, and I think sometimes I, I do things like I'll confuse like Mewtwo with Meowth and stuff, and that just makes people want to like punch me in the face. Oh um, man, yeah. that hurt. Oh yeah, that that, that got oh. you right in the right in the Pokemon heart. That punched punch me lower than that. That's what that felt like. <laughs> oh, I'm doubling over right now. That was rough. Oh god. So is Pokemon Go fun? Like, like you're saying it's like it's like a like what I'm hearing from you is that the initial experience is very exciting. But are you like are you enjoying it a lot, or is it more just a novelty thing? No, like, I've only played it like ten minutes so far. But from mm. what I understand, people are actually going on walks in real life. <laughs> just to catch pokemon and i think that's great it's getting gamers outside that's cool yeah like actually as someone i got, I walk regularly so maybe this is something i should i should you know get because like every day at work i go for like a half hour to an hour's walk just to stop my crappy body from getting any crappier um <laughs> so and why, why not catch pokemon while i'm walking like that just seems like a no-brainer i guess well, so. and listen if you and ac played mitomo which is yeah. arguably is that even a game? I don't know. I just, <laughs> right? No, I don't. Yeah. Think it so is. this is at least clearly a game, and it's Nintendo, so it's probably really fun. So I don't. I would check that out, and then I would ask you what you've been playing lately. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, glad you asked. Uh, so what have I been playing? I've been. I always act so surprised when Andrew asks me this, and I've fallen into the same same trap with you. Uh, <laughs> look, I finished Skyrim. So, well, by I say finished, I mean I finished the Dark Brotherhood quest in Skyrim. And that's something that's been on my to-do list for a very long time. Um, and now I'm done with Skyrim. Done with it. Uh-huh. I'm not playing. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Except, except for the fact that I, that I have an annoying friend who's going to have to come over to my place at some point and play more of his playthrough of Skyrim. Um, oh, yes. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to be behind the controls in Skyrim at least for as many years, because I'm I'm Skyrimmed out, man. You know, and to cleanse my palate after Skyrim, because my ne- the next game on my list was Witcher Three, but I'm thinking like I kind of played a lot of fantasy RPG recently, so I need something different. So I've uh, I've been playing Doom. Yes, I bought myself Cody. <laughs> I bought myself a copy <laughs> of of id Software's Doom. D O M capital letters. <laughs> brackets well, 2016 close well, brackets why would you say it like that do you know somebody who got doom without <laughs> purchasing it themselves <laughs> what, what I, look, I, I kid i'm not i'm not at all upset um and uh look he's loving it he's really happy he, he was he was like he spent the entire morning before we recorded that episode of, of our show and um and then half of the show as well <laughs> like pretty much just like acting like like a like a spoiled kid on Christmas. Um, he's he's basically in love with you right now and <laughs> wants to have your babies. Um, so let's hope that that's possible with modern science because that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I've been playing Doom. Yeah, sorry for that mental image that I gave you. Uh, yeah, it's, and I tell you what, that's a good pal- palate cleanser because it's the opposite of of a long in-depth self-serious role-playing game like skyrim it's very silly in a great way it's very violent but not in a way that's disturbing you know like it like it's extremely violent it's it's it would be terrifyingly violent if you were killing people like if 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 you were doing the stuff 
that you do to the demons in Doom to humans, I don't think it would ever... I think it would be one of those AO games, you know? Like, it would just not have, you know... It would not have... And Australia would have banned it because we ban stuff that's too much fun. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that game would, like, not have flown out here if it was people. But because it's demons, you feel good about it, you know? You're uh, you're fighting the good fight for the Lord by, by taking down hell and, and punching a demon in the face until its jaw explodes and... And then stomping on its on its stupid head, and shooting big fat demons until their guts go everywhere and the blood sprays and then uh, yeah, good times. Delicious. That's a fun. Yes, <laughs> it's it's a really really fun game. Um, we did mention previous episode that the review hype kind of set the bar really high for this game. Yeah, yeah, uh, I caught that part. Yeah, and like having having bought the full version and played played it for uh, a few hours now uh it is a lot of fun you know it is a good game definitely uh so really enjoying that uh it's got some weird stuff going on with like the platforming which i'm not sure i'm a fan of i'm, I'm not sure how i feel about it because it's it makes the game it makes the levels interesting having like verticality like this is something that wasn't really talked about much in in the reviews of doom but it's got a lot of a lot of first person platforming Kind of like, kind of like Far Cry. Have you played like Far Cry three or four? No, but I remember a fair amount of vertical platforming in the Metroid Prime series, which I played all of. Yeah, so it's got a lot of that going on, and it's well implemented. Like it does that thing that like Uncharted does, and a number of other games where like it it has like visual cues for for platforms that you can that you can access. You know, okay. so you don't often jump to your death. Like it does happen occasionally because hey, if if you couldn't. If there was no risk of death, then the platforming isn't fun. Uh, but uh, it does have that kind of like, oh, there's a yellow lip on the edge of this of this ledge, so I can definitely, you know, jump up there. And it's a clever way of hiding secrets, you know, rather than just making you run around like in the original Doom and just tapping spacebar until until you, um, you know, find a, a secret door. Uh, right, so right. That, although, <laughs> although I should say the first time I played this game, uh, the modern Doom, um, I did run against a wall and start tapping spacebar just from just from like sheer muscle memory or something just to see if if it would work you know but uh yeah yeah that didn't that didn't do anything no nah, <laughs> not so good, much yeah just a little, just made you yeah mm-hmm. the developers probably have some link to your steam account or something and they're just watching thinking <laughs> what's this guy doing something is wrong with this person <laughs> should yeah. we have charged them for this game <laughs> They should probably they probably just took pity on me, you know. Like he's clearly got he's clearly got problems. He's not right in the head this one. <laughs> right. Just tell uh, it, and then just send him a message and, and be like, "My dog stepped on my controller and just hit purchase <laughs> a bunch of times." So and then played the game, and, and they'll they'll just look at your play history and say, "Oh yeah, he just ran into a wall and hit spacebar a bunch." It's probably just an animal <laughs> chewing on yeah. his controller. Yeah, blame it on the cat or something. I don't have a cat, but I'll blame it on the cat anyway. Yeah, so look, uh, yeah, I play a bit of Doom. Um, not much else, really. A lot of a lot of stuff going on in the uh, in the work life right now. That's kind of uh, I can't really talk about it as well because bleh, I have a government job. Right, right, right. I can't really talk about. It. But I started a new job recently, and um, it's been weirdly stressful because like I want to be really good at this job, and I want to hit the floor running, um, hit the ground running. Sorry, that's the wrong. <laughs> cliche i mean you could um, hit the floor but you would have to drink a lot on the job and then probably wouldn't go very well <laughs> yeah i um i 
yes, I'd love to drink on my job if I could, but uh, yes. Again, not, not frowned upon. It's not Sorry, it is frowned upon. God, words are bad. My mouth cannot speak them. This is the second podcast in a row that I've recorded Stone Cold Sober as well. So, That's the problem. Uh, I use, yes, yes, it's always the problem with me. Sobriety just doesn't work out for me I think, at all. I think sobriety could be defined as a problem in a global sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I am sober right now, and I, I think that's that's highly problematic, is what I would what I would describe that as, <laughs> highly problematic. But here we are. I think Tim, I think Tim Leary had this plan that I I don't think he ever went through with, um, because obvious reasons. But I think he had this plan that like he could solve all the wars in the world by like loading a B fifty two like full of like like LSD tabs and just like dropping them across like all the war-torn countries in the world and just that was his like brilliant idea tim leary um you know lsd advocate oh yeah uh look him up oh yeah oh, <laughs> listen tim leary and i were he follows me on twitter let's just put it that way yeah you guys go way back mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're just like you're like this i'm holding up my fingers crossed to signify that they have a close intimate relationship yeah that is what that signifies for those who yeah, that's yeah. That, I think that's what it's, I hope that's what it signifies. I hope I'm not doing some like really obscene gesture. You probably are. It's, it's like the like... hitting the floor running thing. What you were really doing yeah. is saying that we're so close that we're inside each other somehow, and then it got weird. But <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> you're basically like you're basically like telefragging um, Tim Leary right now, which is uh, not not good for him. But yeah, he had this plan that like if everyone just got super duper tripped like if everyone was just tripping balls really hard for like you know a good couple of days that when they came down they would just be like put away their guns and you know i don't know listen to a lot of like i don't know trance music or something i don't know what people do um when they're when they've decided to to stop fighting because of lsd but i assume trance music is involved probably i would and i almost just asked if you were i was because when you said you started a new job i thought to myself wait isn't he still on paternity leave but i guess that was a Uh, while back wasn't it wait wait how old is your kid yeah that was a while ago yeah so the baby's like eight months old now Uh, i went back to work when when she was like two months ish i think okay that's pretty good that's pretty good leave i think yeah and it was paid as well that's the, the thing is the uh, the Australian government takes care of you. And that's one of the reasons why we both work for the government is because they're pretty cushy jobs. They don't pay particularly well. But the fringe benefits are, yeah, very nice. Again, I'm doing all these like hand gestures that people can't see at home. But I'm, I'm doing the like rubbing the thumb against the fingers to signify good stuff motion. Oh, man. Right I really now. want to uh, just hear you describe your hand signals for the next 10 minutes or so. <laughs> this could get really weird. <laughs> Now I'm doing the west side symbol with my, like, middle finger mm-hmm. and ring finger sort of, you know, crossed over to signify my allegiance to, to West Coast rap music. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then uh, you did the Live Long and Prosper yeah. from Star Trek. I saw you doing that one. Yep. I got that throwing yep. up some, some Vulcan represent here. <laughs> Vulcan for life. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I've been doing this new job. It's it's in the same organization, but it's, uh, like, a different, it's a different role and... Uh, yeah, I have this thing where I really want to impress people and, and be good at my job, um, which causes me to stress out about it a lot. So I've had dealing with a lot of weird anxiety and stuff recently, mm. which is not great. But I'll tell you what, nothing solves anxiety quite like grabbing a, a demon and then kneeing it in the head until its skull explodes. So doom. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good way to... That's a good way to, to relieve some oh, stress. Oh, I bet. I yeah. 
can I ask actually just let's let's do something really unusual and and actually make some use of the game life balance like name and the theme for this podcast uh, and talk and get you to talk a bit about uh, like balancing your gaming and your life like you're a pretty busy kind of guy right you have a lot of stuff going on I guess yeah I'm very active. <laughs> We'll put it that way. I mean, well, I mean, I've got my full-time job during the week, and then Sundays I produce a radio show at, at WGN Radio, so that's almost a full work day. I go in around 4, and I'm usually done a little after 10, so a little under six, 8 hours, I mean, but but still, it's it's like I'm working 6 days a week, and then I, I podcast with Uncle Sabo, and then edit the next night, so that's usually a couple nights, and... I have a girlfriend who obviously requires time. So, did uh, you require? I hate how they do that. I hate how they need time. You know, like <laughs> requires time. Um, so, but, but the thing is, what I have found, my life has changed for the much better since meeting my girlfriend. Who is she's? I mean, she's like the one and all that stuff. So she's, you know. She'll be more than a girlfriend at some point when I once I feel like it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! I hear wedding bells. Yeah. I'm gonna keep using this annoying voice uh, until I. This is really sorry. insufferable. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Does he listen to this? Does she? Does she listen to this at all? She like us. She has listened to a lot of Game Life Balance US, and she she's told me several times she really wants to listen to Game Life Balance Australia, but. For a while, she was on a kick where she was only listening to Spanish language podcasts because she teaches okay. high school Spanish and wants. She's actually in Spain right now because she wanted to spend some time over the summer immersing herself in the language. And you All know, right. I, I speak very little Spanish, so she can't come home and have a conversation with me. I can't help her practice. So for a long time, yeah, I mean, she reads a lot of books in Spanish and, and it made sense for her to just Spanish language. So she's like really constantly doing that. But if I can get her on some uh, English speaking podcasts again, then, but she'll probably hear this episode. I'm sure she'll, she'll listen to this one since she thinks it's really exciting that we're doing this. Oh man. And then she'll know <laughs> she'll, she'll be like, okay, like I'm going to get a bunch of like wedding magazines and you know before you know it you'll be like me and uncle stabbo going to bed at nine o'clock <laughs> because you're so tired because the baby and you know i but oh, i've been boy. saying this stuff about her pretty much consistently for a year so oh, yeah she's not she knows them. yeah she's she's yeah. tempered to, okay, to understand that I, <laughs> that I that i'm very slow to act and i'm annoyingly <laughs> just, and i'm just not like like i'm averse to anything like i'm i'm totally all about her i just I, you know I, I don't know i'm very particular and i feel like if if it when it gets to the point where we're like taking next steps i'll, I'll want to have some big elaborate thing planned and have a special you know ring have all the you know it'll be a whole whole thing and because i'm so busy mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to balance games in my life as it is i don't have time to go ring shopping i don't have time to figure out dates or <laughs> do some romance yeah. i don't have time for romance I got time for <laughs> I got time for barbecues and Second Amendment rights and guns. In uh, what else have we got? Uh, America, some beer, some burrs, going concerts, and uh, some tractor trailers, and uh, you know, all that. So big trucks, trucks, hamburgers, yes. yeah. 
some trucks, shooting some guns out of my truck. Yeah. No, but um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, she's totally changed my life. And w- w- what's cool about yeah. her is she helps me balance. Like, I, I've I've maintained a better life balance since meeting her because if it was up to me and and I had a Friday night and let's say I start a game of Civilization Five, which takes about twenty to thirty hours, I'd be done with that game mm-hmm. of Civ Five by the end of the weekend because I'd just. It'd just be Saturday, wake up, play Civ Five, maybe pee a couple times, play more Civ Five, <laughs> drink by myself or get on Skype with my friend and do something. And basically that'd be my Saturday and most of Sunday. And with her, she she annoyingly likes going outside. I, just, I don't know what it is about outside that's <laughs> so much better than inside, but apparently sunlight is good for you. So, but she she encourages me to do things like go outside and do social things and help her cook things and and other stuff um, uh, on top of the self motivated stuff I already do. Uh, and then I encourage her to do things too. I, I support her projects and her her endeavors and all that stuff. So, uh, but we complement each other really well, and and she she helps me actually maintain a better life balance than, than the game part. So I'm not just sitting there marathoning games for an hours and hours on end. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know if that answers your question at all. I- <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect. Cause that just, everything you said just reminded me of how I was when I met, when I met Meg. Um, because like before I met her, I was very much that kind of guy. I would like plan my Saturday out. So I didn't have to get out of my pajamas. You know, I was like, okay, I've already got like all the food, and everything I need and I don't even need to like open the front door at all today because you know and and just sit there and and play a game so much that when I go to bed at night I'm still playing the game in my mind you know yeah um, yeah and I haven't done that for a long time I kind of sucks it happened with Civ a lot actually it's been Civ 5 was one of those games where like I'd go to bed and I'd still be like moving my boats around and like, oh yeah you know um God, that game. That's a that's a heck of a game. That is yeah, man. Civ Six comes out in October. Oh man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited, <laughs> but I, I put it on our calendar and I said, listen, when this game comes out <laughs> Although we'll I mean Final Fantasy fifteen comes out in September, so I'll I may still be playing that I mean, this is a good year for video games, I think. Yeah. It's one of the best. I mean, like like it's been said it's been said a lot elsewhere. Uh, but I, I agree that it is like maybe the best time to be playing games right now. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. so, it's so good. There's so much variety. There's so, and like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be triple A. There's so much indie stuff and oh God, yeah. indie stuff is so accessible now. Um, yeah. And like the, well, yes, there are some consoles that are doing better than others, but by and large, like it's, it's so easy to access the the games that everyone else is playing and uh share in the zeitgeist and all that stuff so i love the zeitgeist <laughs> there's one thing That's i one love of... it's a good zeitgeist <laughs> it's one of the most overused words god you know who came up with that like i don't know one of those like german philosophers um Kafka. or something yeah yeah one of those um he's probably spinning in his grave at an alarming speed at how often gamers use the word zeitgeist but um yeah it's it's a fun time to be playing games definitely uh, it could be it, it is hard for me right now because final fantasy 14 is a massively multiplayer online rpg yeah. and those require a, a level of immersion so if if i can't play for at least an hour it's not going to happen preferably yes. a couple 
Um, and my girlfriend has let me get away with quite a bit of it, but be, probably because the last month we've we've done lots of social things and we've gone out a lot. We've done lots of stuff, and so I, I, I've, it's interesting. I feel like I, I kind of, I've internalized this reward system for gaming to where I have to live like a human being and do things and have a life to a degree and then if i build up enough enough of that that i'm like kind of allowing myself to then oh all right well then i'm going to play six hours of final fantasy 15 today 14 today i don't know if you operate that way no, that's just yeah you're speaking my language like just it's very much like that like i'll like god it's almost to the point where i'm like asking permission to play games do you know what i mean like and I don't women, am I right? Why can't they just sit in front of a TV and not move <laughs> and just eat Doritos and drink Mountain Dew? Yeah. I, come on, why can't they just do yeah. that? Look, it's 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 the curse of, of gamers is that we our hobby is extremely time consuming. And it's and it's by and large a hobby that is um, something you do on your own. So which is inimical to having a relationship with another human being. Uh, and and it's something that I think every gamer grapples with. And it's something that I like to think that our podcasts can kind of help people with. Because I'm really I'm really interested in this idea that gamers can be more than just gamers. And that they can define themselves as humans with more than just the term gamer. You know? And be well-rounded people who do things other than play video games. Um, so if in some tiny way our podcasts help the people who listen to them to think about how they can you know balance their games in their life Laura. um then 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 we've done some some good i think i guess um, for the people who who love those people you know for the people who who care about our listeners and and want to spend time with them and stuff i 100 percent agree and there and we ran into this especially around the time the gamer gate controversy happened yep. I don't know if that was as big in Australia, but I it, I mean, certainly it was central here. And and during that, John and I encountered and, and interacted with so many people who who really, they define themselves by video games. Mm. And it's it's interesting. And I, I don't judge it, but I, I don't think it's necessarily, it's not the path that I want to take. Yeah. And it, I think it's okay if it's what you want to take, but there there are certain things you might miss out on if you do that. Like having a family and a healthy relationship <laughs> can be harder if you think you can do an eight-hour World of Warcraft raid three times a week. Um, yeah, yeah, like whatever makes you happy at the end of the day. Like I tend to be pretty like Epicurean about, about stuff. Like, you know, happiness is kind of the goal in life and, and we should generally just do what makes us happy as long as no one else gets hurt. That's a good yeah. general rule. Um, but what I found with my life prior to meeting Meg was that I kind of wasn't particularly happy. Like I had tons of time to play games, which was awesome. And I still kind of miss that a bit, but I think by and large having someone in my life that I love and who loves me and is supports me uh, and cares about me is, is more valuable to me than having, you know, 30 hours a week to, to spend playing games. Um, and that's a judgment that everyone has to make themselves. I can't, I can't sit here and tell you, you need to play less games and see the sunlight a bit more, you know, (laughs) um, like if, if, if sitting inside in a darkened room playing games is what makes you feel happy, then like, God bless you, just do it, you know, but if you get to the point where that's not enough, um, 
maybe we can be examples of how you can still have, play games and you don't have to give up on playing games. You just have to oh. adjust. Be more yeah. confident than that. We're role models, Rob. That's what we yeah. are. <laughs> be like think- Rob and me. Yeah. I want to be. I want to be like Cody. Uh, and with that, um, <laughs> why don't we move on? I just revealed how much NBA I watched in the, in the nineties. Uh, with that, uh, let's move on to our final segment, where I'm going to pick your brain, which is a terrible expression. I hate going, that expression. Yeah, I know. It's quite disgusting. But I even say it, and then I hate myself for saying it like you just did. Yeah. So we're the same person. Is the conclusion. <laughs> Okay, Cody, I have prepared a quiz for you. Um, and this is not something that you guys do on your show. Uh, so I hope, I hope, you're, uh, hope you're feeling um, trivial. Is that the right word? I mean, well, I do, I, well, that is definitely not the right word. But I, I'm going to go with it. I am so excited to do one of these quizzes. Yeah. Like, so excited. But, and, yeah, we don't have the segment because we don't have a consistent format. Mm. We have... We have six or seven different segments, and we'll do one or two of them, but it's never the same one, so you never really know what you're going to get. We'll do one episode where I talk about concerts I went to, and then we'll do another episode. The next episode will be 100% video games, so is it, we're, we're total. I, I am jealous of your, consist, your amazing consistency. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah, so we have quite a, good. a smooth consistency like yogurt, and uh, it goes down well, we think. And also, kind of—I was gonna say like mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of close. They're kind of they're kind of a similar mm-hmm. uh, thing. I, my brain just when you said mayonnaise, my brain just literally fell out of my ear, and it's like rolling around <laughs> on the floor somewhere. But mm-hmm. that's fine. I don't need it for this show. I found so that we should be we should be fine without it. Uh, Not with me here for sure. <laughs> All right. So I've got a quiz for you, and and I, I had a I had a lot of thought this this time around. What can I do? For this special episode where we have um, a guest from overseas. And uh, I decided that we could do something uh, where we both learn a little bit. Well, primarily you. Um, and primarily by learning, I mean I try and trick you and and make you seem like you're not intelligent. Uh, so I hope that sounds good. Because the quiz I... It shouldn't be that hard for you to do. <laughs> <laughs> because the quiz I've, I've prepared is called... Australia or America? Uh, so oh, this is gonna be great! So the answer. I'm gonna, let me get my hat. Let me get my cowboy hat. <laughs> my big belt buckle. Uh, go down. Go go down the creek. Do a wash real quick. <laughs> I think "creek" is my favorite like American idiom. Um, just yeah, oh, that just gets me every time. You sound a lot like. Um, you sound a lot like that character from True Grit. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with that film. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. no, I'm thinking of, um, no, I had, wait, me, maybe, maybe, which I, I don't know. True Grit's good. Anyway. Westerns. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just going to like call this episode True Grit is good. Um, I've decided on the title of this episode already, but anyway, this, this quiz is a quiz where the answer to every question is either America or Australia. Does that make sense? So... Oh, sweet. So I have a 50-50 shot of answering right. Yeah, absolutely. So so you can always just wing it if you want. Um, and, you know, you'll probably come out. That's what AC does every week. So, mm-hmm. um, and he, Oh, I know. He's got a pretty good track record. So we'll see how we go. But there, I'm going to read out like a, you know, interesting fact or something. And you're going to tell me whether that fact applies to 
Australia or America? It's pretty simple. You'll see what I mean when we when we get into it. So ten questions. I should keep score. So why don't I uh, get a piece of paper real quick? Because I I have a well, I have a chat box thing open. Oh, I can yeah, just yeah. pop it. Because I, I like to full screen everything and have and and have a massive, really powerful computer in front of me, but don't use it properly. So um, yeah, why don't you do that? Um, sure. And AC takes takes score as well. So this is all perfect, really. All right. So you're ready to uh, have your brain teased. That's I'm even... ready to be quizzed. I have a giant. I don't know if you know this, but I have a uh, for the for the YouTubers. I have a giant, uh, gigantic world map awesome. in our bedroom. It's uh, it's six by seven. No, it's five by seven feet, I believe, which is like a two, basically two meters by two meters, give or take a bit. So it's pretty large and substantial, and my my girlfriend loves maps, so we got one. But I'll just put Australia in the center there. So <laughs> we do we look we look longingly at Australia every night right before bed. Where is your capital anyway? <laughs> Canberra. Yeah. So you guys asked on Twitter where 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 we live. Um, we live in Canberra. Oh yeah, you're on the east east coast, yeah, east south coast. east coast. Oh, you're just south of Sydney. Oh, you're right between Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. In fact, that's why. See the <laughs> bit of Australian history for you. Um, when Australia decided to become a nation rather than just like a collection of British colonies, um, Sydney and Melbourne had like a tiff over which city should be the capital and neither could, no one could agree, um, because they're just, they hate each other and they still do. Those, those rival, there's like rival cities basically. Um, so to solve the issue, they decided to, um, place, uh, a new city, like roughly halfway between sydney and melbourne um and that's canberra yeah there was like before then it was like a couple of sheep stations and like a i don't know a general store or something uh yeah now there's like a moderately sized city it's about we're about like four hundred thousand people roughly cool yeah all right um and everyone hates us everyone hates canberra because you have this you probably have the same thing in, in america as well where like when the news reports a really bad decision that politicians have made they say, uh, Washington decided to implement a new tax that taxes you based on how many windows your house has. And everyone's like, oh, I hate Washington. You know, um, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, they do the same thing out here. They're like, in, in Canberra decides to steal your children and turn them into dog food. And, you know, like, oh, Canberra. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So, yeah, that, that dog food law was not, not received well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I supported yeah. it, but... What are you going to do? Yeah, we have something similar to the turning people into dog food thing here. Uh, it's, we call it the Republican Party. <laughs> so, uh, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> I can make fun of whoever I want politically because we're on an Australian podcast. Uh, yes. That's right. That's uh, right. Well, he's he, he going to talk to the foreigners about what he don't like about our country. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to bring him down to the creek. Bring my gun. <laughs> pick up drug. Put them in the big old drug, put my gun, put them in the creek. Do the wash. Oh, God. It's going to happen. <laughs> wow. I feel dumber after saying all of those things. Let's, let's pretend that never happened. I'm sorry. Just, uh, you know, you can just make me laugh anytime you want by saying crick. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, God. I'm, just, I'm actually crying. Um, okay. Qu- ten questions. <laughs> I've got to get this back on track. Ten questions. Australia or America? Let's do this thing. Okay. In the 18th century, which country received 50,000 convicts from Britain? Ooh. I mean, this should be Australia. I, I'm, well, you're very crafty and tricky, but I'm going to say Australia. 
Uh, no, you're right. You were right to be suspicious because it was in fact America. Although America didn't really oh. exist then, so it's kind of a trick question. Uh, but yeah, 1800s it was. Yeah, 18. I said 18th century, so 1700s. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Hmm. Got gotcha you there. Um, yes, prior to um, you know America becoming independent, and you celebrated what 240, 200 and something years of that recently. Um, we are 240 this year. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you had a lot of fun, apparently. But uh, yeah, so prior to that, um, you rebellious lot, uh, <laughs> Britain was sending a lot of convicts to America, um, particularly like Georgia and Virginia, apparently, as indentured servants. Um, and then when you guys no- were naughty and rebelled from the great empire of Britain, hurrah, God save the queen, etc., they were like, where are we going to send our convicts? What are we going to do with all these convicts, you know? Um, and they didn't have a dog food policy at that time. So they decided that the best thing to do was they had this big island with like nothing on it, except like a whole lot of native people who were, you know, just happily living their lives. Um, and they thought, well, let's just, let's bring them there. So yeah, Australia is a direct result of America uh, rebelling and becoming the great nation that it is. So uh, we, wow. have, we have you to thank for us. I guess, in a weird way. Hmm. So you're saying I'm your father? Yeah, yes, in a very real way. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so I have grandkid, a grandkid <laughs> yeah, that's now. That's right, your grandpappy Cody. Well, now I don't need to have kids with my girlfriend. All right, the wedding's <laughs> off. If you're listening, sweetheart. Snatch that ring back off her finger. Uh, off to the pawn <laughs> shop with it. Um, it sounded like you said porn shop, porn. and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's what, you can trade it in for some porn. Um... Oh, God. Question number two. Which country is the home of one of the ten most venomous and deadly snakes in the world? That has to be... All right, I... Ooh. All right. Oh, God. I mean, because, I mean, America definitely does have some very poisonous snakes. Australia, I feel like, is just full of things that want to kill you, is what I've been told. Like fire tornadoes and (laughs) scorpions... And presumably snakes, but I don't know how venomous they are. So, uh, one of the I'm ten. gonna psych myself out. You said one of the ten. I'm gonna psych myself. I'm gonna say America. Yes, you're right. America. The rattlesnake is one of the ten most ah. deadly snakes in the world. Um, Australia has four of the ten most deadly snakes in the world. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Wow. And in fact, the uh, the second most deadly snake in the world is extremely common around Canberra. Yeah, so that's fun uh, to, to have that knowledge. Um, I will say that's my main deterrence from actually visiting, because for a while I actually got really excited when, uh, when, when I started having dreams about Uncle Stabo and me <laughs> sleeping on, on AC's couch, which I, that needs to stop. But uh, <laughs> I know that's completely inappropriate, but here we are. But... Um, but but then after thinking about it, I thought, you know, actually, though, a lot of things down there might try to actually kill me. So now I'm a little on the fence. <laughs> Including all the racists. That, um, you know, yeah, man. Though, man, they're not going to like America's, I'm uh, going to come in and talk about my big guns. And they're just going to be mad. And yeah. I'm not going to say the C word because I don't want to crack uh, it. <laughs> yet. Uh, all right. Yes. Yeah, so um, Australia quite a deadly land well let's let's keep the the natural history thing going uh question number three which country has larger spiders that's australia yeah you're right yeah yeah you didn't even have don't don't overthink that one australian no and see yeah i'm deathly afraid of spiders. like 
I don't do bugs. Mm. So not many people do. Like I'm one of the rare people that will catch spiders and like release them, let them go. You know, I'm like run free, mm. little spider, off you go. And then they're back the next day, like terrifying my poor wife. Um, yeah, she hates she hates spiders so much, so much. Uh, yes, Australian spiders are... Um, well, the Australian huntsman spider, which is quite a common spider here, is larger than pretty much any spider in America. They can reach... A, in, I think overseas, not in Australia, but the huntsman generally can reach a size of up to, like, a foot in, like, from leg to leg, you know? Oh, my um, God. They're not that big out here. They're more like, I don't know, eight inches at most. But that's still a big-ass spider. I think you'll agree. Um, and they're not... They're not very dangerous. Like, like I'm really blasé about them because my father trained me to not be scared of them because they don't really... They're, they're not particularly poisonous and they don't, like, bite people much. Um, but they're really big and gross. So, you know, if that's, a, if that's an issue. I am <clears throat> utterly, completely terrified at everything you just said. <laughs> I'm at, like, I mean, I'm mortified. I, I am actively... Ups- I have anxiety over... <laughs> That fact that you just shared with me. Yeah. Like, I'll hold up to the camera. Like, it's normal to see huntsmans that are about, like, like yay. No. Yeah, know? no. Yeah. No. That's the size of... That's literally the width of your head. I'm... <laughs> I'm... No. Oh, God. Oh, why? <laughs> why are they there? Why would you live in s- such a monstrous... Oh, God. I can't. That's... Oh, man. That is... I'm just a weak American used to my little privileged tiny bug existence. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, Maybe I'll be able to rough it someday. But are there are there insects that big in Japan, do you know? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. They have like wasps that are quite aggressive. Oh um, god. I saw this documentary where these wasps attacked this bee's nest and just like tore it apart. Like Ugh. it was like it was like doom <laughs> but for the but for the bees, you know. Um god. Yeah, yeah. There's there's bad animals everywhere, but I mean, like you guys have like bears and mountain lions and stuff. We don't have anything like that out here, so you know. Yeah, but they're far away. A spider is like I walk in the bathroom of my hotel room, flip on the light, and there could be an eight inch friggin' rat sized spider in my tub, and then I'm like, I'm in my bare feet, I'm just in my boxers, and I I would die. I would die. Is what would happen. Yeah. Just died. Die, if I walk man. into my bathroom and there was like a grizzly bear there, I'd probably I'd probably feel. Bit, uh, about the same. <laughs> about the same. <laughs> yeah, that's a normal yeah. reaction. When I yeah. see when I open the door and there's a grizzly bear, I punch it in the face <laughs> with my gun, and then everything's fine. <laughs> that's of. why Americans need their guns to shoot grizzly bears that sneak into their bathrooms. That's, yeah, well, I, you know, you've explained it well to me. I think I think you should all have assault rifles. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Question number four. Again, uh, another animal question. Which country, which country, Cody, has the largest crocodiles? I'm going to say America. You know what? You're wrong, but not by much. Not Ooh. by much. Yeah. Huh. Um, the largest American crocs, and this is terrifying, the largest um, crocodile ever caught um, in America was 20 feet long from snout to tail. Um, Damn. Yeah, 6.1 meters for our Australian listeners. Uh the largest Australian crocs um, are up to 23 feet, like 7 metres. So, like, a bit, a fair bit bigger, but not, like, a lot bigger, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah crocodiles, um, 
<laughs> I'm doing a really good job of like you know advertising our country like from a tourism perspective here. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. come and see well, the giant crocs and the spiders. <laughs> well, the here there's stuff. really there's really only crocs in the swamps of New Orleans. They're very select tropical kind of southwest or southeast mm. United States. Are they all over Australia or just certain no. areas? Just in certain areas, uh, like the north, really. So we don't get crocs down down here, thank God. Okay. Um, yeah, but like if you're in like Darwin, like the north, uh, or like Queensland, um, which are really be- annoyingly really beautiful parts of of Australia, like this, you don't want to go swimming in the rivers um, because there might be a crocodile there, which is you know, yay, another fun thing. Australia is kind of like a prison planet, like LV four twenty six from, <laughs> you know, like from aliens movies. It's yeah, it's the worst place to send people. I I, I think the British. Like, they did a good job of punishing those convicts by sending them here. Like, well done. Uh, uh, because they definitely learned their lesson <laughs> for pickpocketing or stealing a pie for their starving children or whatever they did. Yeah, like Rura Pente from Star Trek Six. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly that. Uh, question five. Proportionally. That's important. Proportionally. Which country has the most farms? Farms? Yes, farms. Which country is, like, pr- proportionally to the population... Which country has more farms? From what I understand of my giant map of the world, uh, at least 20% of Australia is a desert. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. with America. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep, that is that is key wrecked. I think a lot of our Australian listeners might think that Australia has more farms because we have this image in our heads that that like farmers are... Um, that, we're more, that we're all kind of farmers. Like We like to think of Australia as like a farming country, you know? But the reality oh. is that we're, we're very urbanized. Um, most of us live in cities and stuff. Uh, yes, America has 2.2 million farms, which works out to be uh, one farm for every 144 Americans. Um, Australia has uh, 135,000 farms, which works out to be one farm for every 171 Australian. Mm. So, uh, yeah, America has more farms. There you go. You really need your research for this. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went above and beyond this time because I didn't want people to write in and be like, actually, because you know normally the quizzes are like about dumb stuff like cats in video games or something. This time we're actually we're actually kind of delving deep here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, question six: Which country is larger? What in terms of which what? Con- in terms of like okay, square miles, landmass, America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, you're right. Yep, America is larger. Um, Again, not not by as much as you'd think. Um, 9.857 million square kilometers, which is 3.8 million square miles. Um, That's America. Australia's 2.9 million square miles. So not that much smaller. It's really Alaska kind of puts you guys over the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, by far. (laughs) Actually, Alaska's big if you didn't... Hey, um, public service announcement, everyone at home. Alaska's big. Oh, wow. Actually, Australia, now that I look on my map, my giant world map, uh, Australia is actually pretty close to the size of the continental United States. But yeah, yeah. Alaska is the size, I think Alaska is over 50% of the size of the continental United States. Mm. So what we consider everything in the, you know, the main, between Canada and Mexico, I, I believe if you just removed Alaska and put it in the middle of our, our country, it would cover over half of it. So Alaska is really gigantic. Yeah. You're right. So- there you go. I, yeah, I think that's interesting, like, how close it actually is. So, like, which is, blows my mind because, like, the distance from Canberra to, like, Perth, which is on, like, the west coast of Australia, to me seems like this insurmountable distance. Um, and the thought that people travel from, like, the east coast to the west coast in America by car, like, not, like, it's it's crazy thing to do. People do it. Um, yeah. That blows my mind. Like, I would never 
want to drive from Canberra to Perth. Probably because there's a giant deadly desert full of horrible snakes and stuff in the, in the middle there. But um, yeah, that's probably what does it. We kind of have right. that. Wait, what's the score? Hold on, I wasn't I wasn't keeping oh, very no. good score. I think okay, I got so you, three right. You know what? I, I got you did. Yeah, I got the I got the snake one right. I got the spider one right, and I got the uh, continental landmass one right. Oh, and the farm one right. So I'm yeah. So I you're have actually four. four, four out of six. Yeah. So okay. you're doing well. All right. Uh, question seven: Which country has happier people? Oh, Australia. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. This is based on um, that wonderful um, service that sort of tracks uh, people's happiness based on sort of things like. Uh, you know, disparity of wealth and things like that. Um, I looked it up. I can't, for laughing, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but uh, by st- based on standard deviations of happiness, which I love, I love that phrase. Um, Australia is the 31st happiest country in the world. Um, the USA is 85th. Ouch. Yeah. So there's a big gap there in happiness. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that's mainly based on disparity of wealth that, uh there's that yeah is yeah have you seen the michael moore documentary where to invade next (laughs) no i haven't okay so it's it's his newest film and he goes basically to other countries almost exclusively in europe and he goes to each one and has a conversation about one piece of their society and and explains how they do it really really well and how america basically does the opposite so for example he goes to a country with universal health care and they talk about the health care system and how it takes care of their citizens and then he compares it to america where lots of people die for no reason because they can't afford health care and mm. uh, things like um like he'll go to it's, it was either spain or portugal apparently no drugs are really illegal and the guy he even jokes with two police officers he says so if i told you i had a pound of marijuana on me right now you wouldn't arrest me and they just kind of shake their heads and shrug and then it (laughs) cuts to america and shows you know cops pulling over people disproportionately black people and then giving them the mandatory minimum sentences of literally 20 to 30 years for having a little bit of weed just you know the, the crap so lots of things that other places are doing very well italy gets seven weeks mandatory paid vacation a year or something wow. and in That's america it's yeah in america it's pretty much zero mandatory and we have to keep incrementally passing laws that allow people to do things like go on maternity or paternity leave and actually get paid for it. So yeah. um, we, we in a lot of ways, if you look at us objectively, are becoming kind of a, a – and this is, of course, all my opinion. I know you don't, you, you don't talk politics much, so this is totally opinion mine. But um, mm-hmm. we're, we're a bit of a prison – we're a bit of actually a prison state, I think. Um, uh, our children are, are forced to spend eight hours in these public schools and then do homework, and, and they're trained from a very early age to spend all day at these places and indoctrinated with things, and, and then you've got your job. And, but you can't quit your job because if you do, then you know, you'll lose all your benefits, and then you can't pay health insurance, and then you'll die. And it's, it's very... Uh, it, it's not as free as uh, as it purports itself to be sometimes. It's crippling college mm. debt. Oh, I got to go to college, but I owe $200,000 to the government. Th- things like that. So th- things are uh, have been better in this country. Uh, yeah. I'm relatively happy, and my life is, is good. And the quality of life overall is quite good because we don't have eight-foot-long spiders um, to worry about. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, it's uh, weird that we're happier with that. 
you know. It's yeah. weird that we're like happier and yet there's like the second deadliest snake in the world like outside my door, like waiting to kill me. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we have a lot of problems as a society and, uh, you know, with the election, it could get even worse. So I, I don't know. I, I, it, it, but you know what? Like I, my thing is you got to live where your friends are. All my friends are here. I'll, I'll probably never leave. But but mm. if I were if I were like a loner, you know, if I if I were like an orphan or something like that, I would be, I'd be out. Goodbye. <laughs> I come to Australia, hang out with you guys. I'd live on AC's couch and uh, it, it'd be great. I'd have a pet snake to eat all the spiders. <laughs> like I, sh- I should say for our American listeners, I included that question because I thought it was interesting, not because like I wanted to crap on America or anything like that. So no, I just no, no, it I was don't... interesting that. I'm yeah. here to crap on America. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the anti-society. I'm the anarchist. Uh, oh, yeah. The government's evil. Oh, look at all the things. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, Those chemtrails are gonna get you. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Um, I hope that didn't get like too super deep. Right. I just uh, no, no. That's. I wanted to totally get my perspective fine. for your Australian audience from an American because, you know, sometimes I'm sure other countries look at us sometimes and I'm like, what the hell are they doing over there? And it, yeah, it's, it's really the top like five people in the country kind of calling all the shots and we're not all real happy about it. So it's it's just yeah. whatever. No, that's cool. I think it's, yeah, it's good for people to hear like a perspective of a, a real life American like you. Um, question number eight, which country has the largest knife? If you remember that scene from Cro- Crocodile Dundee, the national film of Australia, uh, which we are re- required to watch and, and salute the TV as we watch it. Um, there's a scene where, uh, where Mick Dundee is uh, bemused by the size of a knife that uh, a mugger pulls on him in New York, I think. Uh, so uh, that led me to this question. Which country has the largest knife? <sighs> probably, probably... Uh, I... I mean, a knife has a finite definition, right? It can only be a certain length or it becomes a different weapon, right? So yeah. so that's very interesting. That makes this question very interesting. I, I've, Americans love weapons. I'm going to say America. <laughs> yes. Your, your knowledge <laughs> really? of America's love of weapons has is, is served you well. Um, I got to have yeah, my guns. So this, this counts as a knife, apparently, because the the proportion of the blade to the handle is such that it counts as a knife, right? Oh. Uh, would that make sense? So yeah. in the town of Bowie, Texas, or Bowie? Bo- I'm going to say Bowie. Um, a 20-foot-long Bowie knife was recently erected as a public monument. Um, oh, God. And it's... Uh, it's not a statue. It's a real knife. It's like got a stainless steel blade and everything um, because they're very proud of the Bowie knife and the legacy of, um, I want to say, Jim Bowie, um, who like was at the Alamo or something. Am I getting this right? Is this right? I don't not know. David Bowie? David Bowie. Yes. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of someone else. Or was it Davy Crockett? And I don't know. Anyway, it could have knives. been Davy Crockett. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, Texas is its own planet, man. That's... <laughs> They have they have a tech industry and really big knives down there. So. Really big knives, so much knives. Yeah, so I don't think that's um, calling that a knife is is tricky. But like they're in the world, they're in the Guinness Book of Records for that knife. So Guinness thinks it's a knife. So it's a knife. That's not a knife, but that is a knife or something. There's a joke there somewhere. Uh, question number nine: Which country has more fat dudes percentage wise? America. Yeah. You're- you're right, but not by much. Actually, again, it's pretty close. We have a lot of fat dudes too. Um, huh. Yeah. So in and these figures are a bit out of date, um, but in 2011 
slash 2012 financial year, uh, USA had uh, 71.1% of the male population either overweight or obese. Uh, in Australia, 67.7%. Oh, that is so, close. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty close. We're, we're a pretty fat nation as well. A bunch of fat bastards out here as well, you know. Um, we were the fattest until Mexico passed us up. Yeah, I think it's like... I read something about, like, the worst fast food in the world, like, for your health-wise. Was this, like... Or in Australia, like, the worst health, like fast food you can buy was, like, this Mexican restaurant. And that surprised me, because I, I, I thought it would for sure was, like, KFC or something. But, yeah. Yeah, Mexican food's really bad for you. At least the sort of the, like, you know... Um, what would you call it? Like, the fakey sort of, you know, popularized Mexican food? Yeah, the uh, very, artificial... Very mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. the corn. Corn is really not actually that healthy for you. And it, it's that's part of America's problem is we subsidize our corn industry heavily. And so there's corn in mm. everything. You know, every, every, every soda here, Coke, Pepsi, everything is high fructose corn syrup, not actual sugar. So uh, that's, that's really the main thing. Um, but I'm sure GMOs will fix that in the next decade. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all, we've got scientists working on this problem right now. So. Yeah. Monsanto's um, yeah. All right. And this is the last question. So you, you've done very well, actually. Um, but uh, maybe I'll trip you up with this last one. Mm. Which country has the most KFC outlets per person? Like on a per person basis. Which oh, country has more KFC? We'll go with Australia. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You knew because it was sort of like, I'm trying to trick you and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, Australia has over 20 KFC outlets for every 1 million Australians. Um uh, while um, America has like like less than that, like less than twenty, more like somewhere between ten and twenty, depending on which mm. year you look at. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of KFC, uh, more than America does. We love KFC, apparently. Um, I think that has something to do with the fact that um, we're in Asia because KFC is really popular in Asia. Yeah, there you go. So um, yeah, you did very well. You've you've won the quiz, although it's not really That's about winning. Eight or losing. out of ten. Yeah, fantastic. So well done there. You've 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 um, you've not appeared stupid like you feared you would. Uh, and uh, with that, we're kind of at the end of our show. So um, it's time to all um, share a poignant thought, have a laugh, and then the credits roll. And uh, why don't I attempt to read the copy I don't have in front of me because I'm completely disorganized? We'll see how that goes, shall we? Um, I could fill time by asking you if I'm an Australian citizen now that I passed the quiz. <laughs> I got an 80. Actually... Can I? Yeah. All right. You're in. Come on. You can... <laughs> yes. As, as the, um, as the, you know, the, the, the delegate powers that the former prime president AC bestowed upon me, I, I now pronounce you the, um, goodly citizen of the Australia. So... Welcome on board, and I hope you enjoy the snakes. Oh, well, I, I don't need to move yet. <laughs> I'm not in that big of a hurry. You can have, like, dual citizenship. It's cool. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, with that, uh, thank you for listening to Game Life Balance Episode 11. Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. You can follow me and cody on twitter if you like cody is at producer cody is that right yes and uh, i'm at reboarded and my stupid sidekick andrew ac yoshimura is at prod tally uh you can follow us on youtube as well we have a youtube channel um which is just like i think it's glb australia 
So you can look that up if you want to see us play games and, and do bad commentary over them. They're very funny. We have a website. Oh, really? Thank you. Thank you very much. I think we're like, you know, we're all right. <laughs> we have a website, www.gamelifebalanceaustralia.com, which is a terrible URL. But uh, you can go there to find links to our podcast feeds, video content, blog posts, and links to our sister show in the U.S., yeah, that show's uh, awful, though. Don't listen to the U.S. show. It's really <laughs> bad. It's got this guy, Uncle Stabo. He is just insufferable. <laughs> Where can they find your stuff, Cody? Like, you've got a website and a YouTube channel as well. Our stuff's GameLifeBalance.us, which is... I don't I don't think Game Life Balance Australia is a bad URL. Let's name your podcast, uh, personally. Yeah, we, there's a long story behind that. But basically, we wanted GameLifeBalance.com.au, which would have been great. But they don't give out .coms to anyone. You have to, like, have a business and stuff. It's really irritating. Oh, interesting. So, um, well, Game Life... Yeah, so we had... Well, I remember GameLifeBalance.com was taken because I, I couldn't register that for us. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's taken by yeah. some guy in Sweden, no less. You know, his, his license God. was going to expire a couple months after I registered, actually. I should look up on that. Anyway, now, now at this point, a listener is just going to snatch it up and, and you know, squat on it. Great. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I'm at GameLifeBalance.us, and, you know, Rob already mentioned my, my Twitter handle, at Producer Cody. I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, yeah, but we're on Google+, Plus if you want to follow us. But you, you can find all our social links on our websites. Just just go to GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com or GameLifeBalance.us, and you'll get all the links you've ever wanted and more. Great. Well, uh, with that, we'll uh, bid you farewell. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for more nonsense and maybe a different guest host.